Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Jamie! War! Huh! Yeah! What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again! This podcast, <laughs> what is it good for? Absolutely nothing! Hello and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon and we promised we didn't plan that. With me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello Al. Uh, war, Jamie, war never changes. That's a quote what from... Tom Hanks films do. That's a quote from Metal Gear Solid 4, I believe. No, that's a... It's a famous <laughs> quote, but more famously from Fallout. It's the beginning of every Fallout game is... Ah, ah. Uh, war, war never changes. I've, I've got to assume both of those are references to something, something else. else. Yeah. <laughs> I like that both of our immediate thoughts are video games, but I'm sure that those aren't the creator of that quote. Because otherwise, that would mean that... Metal Gear Solid 4 was, was referencing Fallout, which sounds... This is unlikely. I'm just going to look this up real quickly. Uh, uh, okay, well, um, while you're doing that, I'll tell you how my week was. Fucking awful! England lost the Rugby World Cup final. It was extremely depressing. Um, for people who don't care about sports... I do, so fuck you. It was very, very sad. It only happens once every four years. In fact, us getting into World Cup finals only happens once every oh, about 12 years in rugby. A little bit, yeah. We've sort of made it three in the last 16 years or so. Won one of them, lost two of them. Both of them lost to South Africa. It's very sad. I don't like it. I'm a big sporty boy, as you know. We got up. We uh, I hosted it at my house. I was a cute little boy. I made everyone breakfast. I thought, well, it's the World Cup final, so we have to drink, but it's nine o'clock in the morning, so let's have Bucks Fizzes. I got us all Prosecco. I got us all orange juice. I was such an excited little boy, and my heart was crushed for 80 minutes, it was. Do you want to know who said war whatever changes? Who? Ron Perlman. <laughs> Allegedly. In what? I think it was just from Fallout. <laughs> Someone okay. went, Ulysses S. Grant said it, but he couldn't find any source for that statement, so he's pretty sure it's been misattributed to him, and it's probably just the guys from Fallout. Fun. Cool. You, know, you also bought vodka. That was ambitious. You know? No, I didn't buy the vodka. Well, I did buy the vodka. Someone else said they wanted Bloody Marys, and then that person who shall remain nameless, Nishan Raj, turned up and just didn't have any. Just was like, just didn't have it. Ask for vodka, ask for tomato juice, got him Worcester sauce. I don't even, I've never bought Worcester sauce in my life. What did you put on a cheese on toast? I don't have a cheese on toast. That's what I put on it. Get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. You don't have cheese no, on toast. No, because your heating you is working and it's toast. cold outside. Exactly, Jamie. That's where you belong. <laughs> Out there in the cold. Jamie, we need to remember the sacrifices our forebearers made. And as such, go outside and stand <laughs> in the cold. Stand in the cold. And they'll basically be the same. I commit how some was war your, crimes. How was, yeah, that too. Uh, how was your week, Al? Commit, uh, commit any war crimes? Uh, uh, well, you know, uh, this week I hit my quota for yep. war crimes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no, no more. No Is that less. just what you call working in advertising? <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, England lost. Yeah. That was. You're not even that English. You're kind of English. Um, yeah, I mean, you're Welsh, so. Yeah, yeah but I'm way more English than. I'm way less Welsh than you are in. What? 
am I trying to say? Welsh, Welsh. Whatever. Either way, you're not that English. English. <laughs> I mean, half. Yeah. You grew up in Scotland. You may not sound Scottish. Dear, dear listeners, I want to paint a picture for Al may sound like the um, posh middle-class English wanker he is, but actually he comes to every record dressed head to toe in just kilts. He's manufactured a kilt. It's a kilt on my, uh, my bottom half, and then it's um, like a kink, uh, kilt tank top yeah. uh, to cover my uh, chest or We have breasts. a kilt headband as your yeah. hair's got longer, which has been nice. Little kilt earrings hanging from your... Naturally. Got, I wear a kilt to... band over my eyes and my mouth, which is sometimes why it sounds like a mumble. I'm not mumbling. Yeah, some, That's a kilt. Some people think you're going for a bird box costume. You're just really committed to your Scottish uh, half of your exactly, heritage. Exactly, all right? We know all true Scottish peoples just wear kilts, nothing else. Exactly. Anyway, you were a little bit sad. You weren't as sad as me, let's be no, honest. No, no. Look, Alexander, did you at any point in the match I'm not gonna physically collapse on the floor like I did? No, you did. I was a little bit worried. Uh, well, I got back up. Point. Like like all good it did sporting a- stories, I got back up. It did take an hour. You know, you were, <laughs> you were there for a while. You know, I had uh, to hit know. a little bit of the fetal position to recover, but it's fine. We got through it. Um, so what do we do here, Al? Um, well, we, other than talk about our weeks and banter about for a little bit, I mean, you know, we cry about the loss of England. Yeah, uh, you know, of course. Uh, no, uh, what we do is very simple. We go through Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. We do it in chronological order. I mean, I say that at the beginning of every week. We figure out what we're going to keep in the Hanks bank. What's the Hanks bank, Al? The Hanks bank is the bank in which we decide what Tom Hanks films are worth saving for the aliens and what are not worth saving for the aliens. Yeah, I What's mean, gonna save us we've got humanity. quite a big film this week. I think we don't, we can't really nah, go through all nah, of the cr- cool. all the chronology. If you but yeah, basically, go listen to another episode. There's some aliens. They're invading. We have to prove our worth. And that's about it. There's something about. Oh, by the way, uh, little friends for from myself. Sorry, mm. so I say mm. friends for uh, from myself when I re-listen to sure, uh, the podcast. Sure, of course, sure. um, for dear new listeners, yeah. uh, you'll have no clue what this means. But for avid listeners, we very much apologise for misnomering Trevor Chamberlain as the czar of Flomatron Eight. He yes. is, of course. The small boy, bitch boy of Flomatron 8. And if you want to understand what that means, listen to all the podcasts. We don't have time for this because we're reviewing Saving Private Ryan this week. Of course, a... Historic film, both in its uh, in its yes, um, it content time and, history, um, and, and also, also in Tom Hanks' sure. um, uh, career. Jamie, very quickly, there yes. is another friends. Oh, there's another uh, friends thoughts. Uh, hashtag friends thoughts. This is from Alyssa. Jamie needs to stop saying cuck. Stop trying <laughs> to make cuck happen. It's not going to happen, Jamie. That's uh, that's Alyssa's feedback. I don't know from where. Uh, and you know what? You know what podcasts. I say to Alyssa. Say it to my face, you cuck. Anyway, um, yeah, so obviously every week uh, we review a film. We're going chronologically. We've reached 1998 and Saving Private Ryan. Before we get into the film, we give you a little bit of historical context of what was going on in the world when this film came out. And then we give you a little bit of film context. Sure. Some, back, some fun facts. Who was in this film? What, what was the behind the scenes goings on? What, what are the googly factoids you got for me? We'll get to that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but I'm doing... I've spat all over my computer screen apparently mm, i'm so tasty. animated That's so animated right. baby we're, we're creating a real picture for you this week and oh, i'm doing yeah. historical context i'm going to give you a mind picture for what was going on in the world in 1998 my dear old little self was just five going on six no four going on five now uh dear alexander as you know uh tom hanks he has two films come out in 1998 yep. so i'm just doing the first half of 1998 january through June. However, as always, I'm going to be giving you a little bit of a quiz as we go along. Mm. Uh, the Winter Olympics is held uh, in 1998, and there'll be £10 for you, Alexander, if you can guess 
how many medals and of which type of medal uh, Great Britain and Northern Ireland won in their Winter Olympics in 1998. 1998? Yeah. That would be Eddie the Eagles won, I think. I think that's Norway. Might be wrong there. Um, so my guess is they won uh, four medals, uh, which would be two silvers, uh, two bronzes. Oh, no, two Valentine. Um So that would be one gold, two silvers, and a bronze. Uh, you're way off. We got one bronze. Oh. Just, just, just the one bronze. Uh, it was in bobsleigh. Oh, yeah. uh, Sean Olsen, Dean Ward, Courtney Rumba, and Paul Atwood. Big shout out to you. I know they're big listeners, so hey, you know hey, they'd be happy hey, that they were. Uh, they were. Hey, I thought you guys got the gold because you deserved it. All right. But no, came in bronze. You know, representing our only medal. With that, uh, sure. So no ten pounds for you there, unfortunately, Alexander. Uh, um, there's no. Uh, uh, quiz for this one but this is just a very fun fact that I found yeah, out yeah, yeah, uh, both yeah. the Eurovision Chong Contest and the G8 Summit were held in Birmingham this year uh, six days apart from each other Jesus Christ um, that's so two big, years in a row where I mean, the European Song Contest has had a very close relation to British politics yeah absolutely and uh, of course uh, Birmingham big big week for them big big week for them oh, in, uh, in May 1998 nah man they haven't they, uh, that, they peaked peaked I mean, oh absolutely but, oh, gone, downhill oh, gone downhill ever since um they actually all spoke normally in 1998. Um, <laughs> Al is hanging his head in, in shame for me. Um, a new denomination is introduced uh, in the UK in 1998. $10 to you, Alexander, if you can tell me what it is. New denomination? A new denomination. A new, as in a... a of, 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 of money. Of currency, currency. Yes. Sure, sure. Uh... I don't know if denomination is the correct thing. I'm talking about, you know, like a £5 note, a £10 note, uh, a 20p coin, etc. I believe that's a denomination. Sure. I'm not sure. The 50 pence coin. No, it is the £2 coin was introduced uh... in 1998. Um, January 26th. 1998, a famous quote is uttered. Uh, and there'll be 10 euros to you, Alexander, if you can finish this quote. I did not... Have sexual relations with that woman? It is indeed. I will uh, be revoking your 10 euros from you because you did not do a decent Bill Clinton impression. Uh, but yes. What? <laughs> no 10 euros. Bullshit. Yes, in the small print for that uh, question was you oh, had to do oh, it small, in the voice. Oh, let me check the contract <laughs> I just signed for this bullshit. Uh, but yes, on January 26th of 1998, uh, Bill Clinton does utter the words, uh, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, starting off, of course, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, which will eventually get him impeached. Uh, there are 10 Norwegian krona up for grags. If you can tell me uh, what program Microsoft releases in 1998. That's a lie. But, uh, okay, fine, Windows 98. It is indeed Windows 98. I'll be getting Norwegian krona to you as soon as I can figure great, out a place great, where I can buy them. Great, great, um, Now, this is, a, this is a big one here. There's a big old 10 Turkish lira on the line here. I'm going to begin some titles for movies that came mm-hmm. out in 1998, and you just have to finish them off. Sure. The Truman Show. Yes. There's something about... Mary. Exactly, you're on a roll here. Armour. Geddon. Yes, well done. Oh, I was going to trick you. I was tricking you there because it was actually the middle of one word. Uh, but you, you, you caught me out. Uh, the Big... Lebowski. Yes, it is. Oh, he's on a roll. Four for four. Shakespeare. In love. Yes, oh, we got it so quickly. God... Oh, this oh, one stumped. Fuck. Oh, this one stumped him. God. Oh, oh, is the big is the big five for five? Is it going to be six for six, or is it going to be an incomplete, imperfect five for oh, six? Fuck God. Um, 
It's not God is dead. That's too, later in the 2000s. It's not... God's not dead. It's not dogma because that doesn't have the word God in it. No, no, it is indeed not dogma because it does not have the word God in it. Although dog is God... Spelled backwards, backwards so yes. But I, You know what? I'm not trying to trick you that much, Alexander, I'll be honest. Uh, God... The Godfather Part 3. No. Unfortunately it? not. It is... Godzilla. Fucking Godzilla. Hell. Five for six, so not bad. We carry on going. Babe. Oh, uh, Pig in the City. Yes, Babe, Pig in the City. The sequel to Babe. Uh, a Bugs. Life. Yes. Ant. Story. Nope. Ant. Come on. I'll give you a second guess. Ants. So what? It's Ant. Yes. It's the answer I was looking for. Blay. Blade. What, so what is the answer I'm looking Two. for? No. I, I am starting. You have to finish. Blade. So, no, I am starting. D. Duh. Duh. <laughs> yes, duh is the answer I'm looking for. Blade, duh. And finally, Mulan. Mulan. Damn, I thought that one was really going to throw you off. Nah. Oh, he, I, I have to say. It's often the Gotham Father Part 3 by eight years. I'm really <laughs> yeah, really yeah, no, really, really way off there. Um, but no, you are pretty good. Uh, other than Ants and... Uh, oh, I got Ants. Yeah, but the answer I was looking for was <laughs> not Ants. The film isn't called Ant Ants, you idiot. You stole money from me because <laughs> I didn't do it an accident. I didn't know what I needed to do. Um, and finally, uh, the Good Friday Agreement uh, is signed. Now, Al, there's 10 That's Australian dollars irrelevant. up for bags. There's 10 Australian dollars up for grabs if you can tell me which political process is threatening the very tenets of that agreement 20 years later. Uh, uh, Flexit. It is indeed Flexit. Ten Australian dollars will be coming for you. It'll be travelling by, bo- by boat from Australia. Yeah! So please wait five to ten months for its arrival. Woo! So that's what was going on in 1998. All those films came out in 1998 and of course so did Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. What can you tell me about the film Saving Private Ryan? Well, Jamie, uh, I'm only going to say this first uh, if just because uh, you brought it up in there. Saving Private Ryan, uh, number 27 of the best films of IMDb, a uh, highest rated films. Uh, you know, seminal movie, the hi- second highest grossing movie of 1998. What's highest? Uh, I think it might be Shakespeare in Love, uh, which really? also won the best picture at the Oscars, yes. right? This was controversial and bullshit. It won five of the Oscars that year. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Also, uh, Dame Judi Dench, I believe, won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, despite, I believe, being in less than 15 minutes of the film. Which, mm. or like 15 minutes, 30 seconds. Definitely less than 60 minutes. Uh, and that's bullshit. But let us talk about the origin of Saving Private Ryan, based on a kind of sort of not really true story, upon which, uh, during the Second World War, uh, there was a family with four brothers. Uh, sent over to, uh, you know, obviously uh, fight the war uh, from America, uh, and three were believed to be dead. So they brought the uh, third, who I believe was operating in France at the time, back the fourth back home to uh, his mother because they didn't want all the sons to die. Turns out, though, only two of them were dead. One of the other ones was in a prison of war camp in Burma, and therefore at the end, unlike in Saving Private Ryan, two of them survived the war. Ah. Which is interesting. Um, this was the first film, uh, not Shakespeare, uh, this is the first film that uh, Spielberg didn't write himself or wasn't involved in the development process. Oh, okay. Um, so it was written by... Uh, one second. Well, he, he's writing on 23 of his projects, but I believe normally he was in the development stage of it. And in this movie, he... Uh, it, but this movie was written by uh, Robert Rodat who I was reading, a, I think, I believe had been given a book on D-Day by his wife, and he's reading about it, and he thought, oh, you know, this make a really good film, and he sent off the script, and, uh, you know, one of the, sh- uh, the first copy of the script ends up in Spielberg's hands, and another copy of the script 
at the same time ends up in Tom Hanks's hands. So they come to this independently, and they're both like, we really want to, really want to make this movie. Now, you'd think that this would make Tom Hanks assert for the role, right? Not exactly. Although they have been wanting to work together for a long time. Um, I believe early on, uh, Harrison Ford is also considered for the role, as was Mel Gibson. I'm very glad that neither of those yes. two people played the role that Tom Hanks plays in this film. Yeah, I that mean, Harrison terrible. Ford... Eh? Mel Gibson would have been very, very bad given latter developments of uh, his general character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, 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 real bad. Um, so we're very happy that... Uh, I'm glad Mel Gibson ev- didn't liberate France, is all I'm yes, saying. Yes, yes, so no, much, much happier to have uh, Tom Hanks, uh, everyone's favourite dad, uh, playing this role. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that uh, tracks, and obviously, as we'll talk on later, probably a good idea. Yep. Um, outside of that, of course, we have uh, some other interesting things. There were a lot of recognisable faces in this movie, yes, right? Yes, quite a lot. So, for example, uh, Eddie from Friends in this movie, uh, who plays Shannon's roommate for, I think, three episodes. Uh, Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Yes. Uh, yes. Who's also in a bunch of other things, but sure. yeah. Uh, also, also from Friends. It's also someone also from Friends. Uh, is Phoebe's brother, yes. who we also saw in That Thing You Do, who plays the drummer who gets injured. Yeah. Um, Giovanni Ribisi. Yes. Uh, other famous faces which you may recognise from this film, of course, Vin Diesel. Vin now, Diesel. interestingly, Vin Diesel, uh, not at this point of the Fast and Furious fame, um, or uh, I believe this is also before Riddick, though I might be slightly off on that. I think Riddick's uh, no, uh, Yeah, I think Riddick's 2000. Yes. Um, and instead, Spielberg had seen it in a uh, like small indie movie, which uh, Vin Diesel had written, directed, and starred in himself. Yeah, fuck me. This is only his fourth credit on IMDb. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is it's even before Iron Giant really he plays the Iron Giant yes Vin Diesel plays the Iron Giant yeah that's why he ended up getting Groot in um, uh, Guns of the Galaxy because they'd done a lot of voice work previously or some I mean, voice work previously I tell you what fucking hell Vin Diesel has an incredible open like starting of his career yeah. goes same Private Ryan Iron Giant Boiler Room Pitch Black Fast and Furious Knock Around Guys whatever and sure. then goes into Triple uh, triple X yeah. like he just goes straight into starring in films yeah. and, uh, but again I think a lot of this is off the back of the off fact the back that of he wrote, wrote, started and directed to something himself and I, yeah. I you know, definitely credit to getting out there and putting, creating your own work uh, now of course the, you know, Tom Hanks is in this movie. Uh, Ted Danson is in this Ted film. Ted Danson is in this which film. Which I didn't realize until the credits in this movie. I yeah. was like, wait a second, what? Yeah, no, I, I was keeping an eye out for him. You, you don't recognize him at all. He no. plays a he plays a army captain. It's also because he's very much like the in between. He's not. She is aged Ted Danson, and he's, and not, he's not good place. Good Ted place Danson. Danson. He looks he's sort of like different. in between. Yeah. He's very gaunt and uh, you know looks shell-shocked. Yeah. Um, um, Paul Giamatti is Paul in this Giamatti film. in this movie, which I again was like, ha, huh, he's also here. Uh, as well as, and spoilers, I guess, Matt Damon. Yes, uh, Matt Damon. Now, Matt Damon was cast uh, while, I believe, the story goes, um, Steven Spielberg was filming at Amstead, uh, Amstead, I think, one of the two, uh, in uh, Boston, at the same time that Good Will Hunting was fi- filming in Boston. Now, obviously, Steven Spielberg knew... Uh, Robin Williams from Hook in which Robin Williams started and uh, Spielberg directed uh, was, I, I don't think he looks back very fondly on that film but um, they were good friends and he said okay look we'll, we'll, we'll have a drink whatever together and uh, Robin Williams brought along the young Matt Damon who at that time had written Good Will Hunting as well as was starring in it uh, they got on really well and so he ended up in the movie but the interesting thing was he was meant to be cast as an unknown actor at the time so I think you weren't meant to really know and they weren't going to put him in the kind of um, advertising for it very much so when you found him you are like oh shit this guy whoever he is he's an unknown actor but in the meantime they win the 
Oscar mm-hmm. uh, the year before, and uh, it kind of blows up, so they kind of give away the spoiler. It suddenly becomes uh, this this role, which was meant to be for an unknown actor in the in the meantime becomes a very large actor yeah which is quite cool um brian cranston is in it brian cranston for is the second for the second time in uh, about three weeks we've got brian cranston playing like a 20 second role in a tom hanks yeah, film yeah. uh he plays one of the uh corporals who's debating whether to send someone to save private ryan um yes. and, and anyone else oh god there's probably someone out there i don't think there's anyone else particularly notable there's one other actor who i want to note on when we get to his part in the film but he's a very small actor sure um yeah i think i think, I think that's, that's everyone that's the main thing uh, in terms of the cast outside of that um obviously made a lot of money oh two more things one yep. um the opening uh omaha uh, beach sequence which we'll talk probably quite a bit about the interesting thing about it it cost like a tenth of the budget and was filmed in Ireland. There are members of the Irish uh, Provisional Army, not the Irish Provisional Army, sorry, just the Irish uh, Reserve Army um, who took part in the shooting in it and it cost, I think, about $12 million uh, that kind of sequence to shoot. Um, And the film, upon release, was noted for being uh, so realistic, such a uh, violent, um, true depiction of war that apparently, like, a veterans uh, PTSD like going to therapists and stuff for PTSD spiked at the time um, and like many of them walked out and it seems to have an effect on that right like especially mm. kind of older veterans who had fought in the war themselves I think found it really difficult the film because um, it was very reminiscent of the real thing by the sounds of it now that may just be you know marketing uh, fluff but it seems to be a bit of marketing fluff that stuck with this um, yeah I really like the idea of a provisional army <laughs> Just, just one, you know, just in case. It's yeah, not yeah. a reserve, just a provisional army. You know, we're planning to maybe have an army. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this is what an army would look like if we were to have one. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's talk about this film. Um, it begins! <laughs> an old man walks through war graves in France. Yeah, as has been noted, the second fil- Tom Hanks film to uh, open on a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, of course, Sleepless in Seattle also opens on a graveyard. Yeah. A very different graveyard, this one being sure. uh, a very... This one's less romantic. Much less know? romantic and a much more visibly yeah. war, war memorial. Lots of people um, have died here yes. rather than just the one person in yes. that graveyard. Yes. Um, and he's old. He's looking around. He's looking through the crosses. They're clearly in France. It's uh, they. He finds a particular uh, cross, um, and we begin to go back in time. Yes, we and go we back. Go to D-Day. the the very famous twenty-seven minute opening of yeah. Saving Private Ryan. If you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, go and fucking watch it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we don't normally do this because we don't like to spoil our thoughts about this film, yeah. but it's a film that's worth watching no, yeah. watching no matter what. And if it's, nothing else, the 27 minutes here is yes. worth watching. Be careful before you go into it. Be ready for something that's going to be very harrowing. But yeah. it's incredibly well-made um, yeah. cinema, no, I, I and agree. it's worth watching. So it's some interesting, um, just kind of, there are a couple of these which I'll just feed in through here, uh, kind of production tidbits. Um, so two things uh, one in terms of the actual production Tom Hanks kind of said you know look uh, conceptually I'd read the script and knew what we were going to do but when we actually went out and did it I was incredibly shocked by it it was such a visceral apparently the film experience was really visceral oh, I'm sure. he struggled with it all the actors uh, in his company went off to do a kind of very intense boot camp the week uh, I think it's the week running into it they'd all gone off to go do this there's a company in Hollywood which will train actors into you know how, and how soldiers kind of operate and all that kind yeah. of stuff how so to hold guns how yeah. to walk how to talk yeah. and I think the aim was sort of to uh, not necessarily like make them 
be able to replicate that so much, but more so as to be able to put them slightly more into that kind of mindset. Yeah. And also show them like how tough this really was. But I, I've heard two versions of the story. One is that um, uh, Matt Damon separately does that training camp. And what I'm not even sure if this is true is that they just send him to a hotel. So <laughs> all these guys get really, really tired and really fucking exhausted. And then uh, when Matt Damon comes on set, they're just really resentful of him, which has <laughs> been to kind of feed into the acting. Now that may just be me making that up, but that'd be a cool story if it's yeah. true. Uh, the other thing is, if you are a history buff, you may have noticed they are taking a couple liberties here in terms of the uh, actual uh, cr- sea craft that are um, uh, carrying, the, carrying uh, them over. Carrying the men. Um, some people criticize this. I, I will go into it later. I think it's somewhat unfair. But uh, actually, on Omaha Beach, the American soldiers were brought across by the Royal Navy, not by the USS. Uh, it's not Indianapolis, but by US uh, kind of ship and also US landing crafts. Those were all Royal Navy landing crafts, and those were Royal Navy ships they were going from. Yes, but uh, Alexander, this is a film made by Americans, Americans. about World War Two, and therefore from an American perspective, from an American perspective, sure. and therefore they, they refuse to accept that. Anyone else even participated in the war? I mean, it was exclusively Americans sure. and the Nazis, I and mean, that was it. I think, I think that's it. I, I, this is something which I would have more of a problem with if, like, British films about oh, like, the yeah. First World War didn't do the same thing. Well, yeah, like, absolutely. I love Dunkirk. Dunkirk is one of my like favorite war movies of all time. It conveniently like fails to not mention, but even the background just be like, hey, we had an empire at the time, and there were a bunch of people not who were not white, not white. and not from the UK. Um, who were on Dunkirk, right? Yeah. Like there are a lot of people who weren't there, yeah. and it's a it's a similar situation, right? If you're a history nerd, if that really bothers you, that's gonna it's gonna bother you that they're not in like Royal Navy landing crafts. Um, and if like most other people, you don't know the specific type of crafts that were used to land on Omaha Beach, read a history book. But also, that's okay. And if you are one of those history buffs. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to like the rest of this podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, so I know, anyway, fuck off. They, they're going in, they come out of the sea craft, they're, they're kind of in the water. Um, Tom Hanks, very early on, you can tell he's the captain. He's yeah. giving out orders, they're kind of showing through. They land on Omaha Beach and they're just going through the water and immediately they're getting chopped up. People's arms are getting blown off. We're kind of seeing shots from underwater. Fantastically, I think, from underwater yeah, as they fantastic land. Filmmaking. Really shallowly. They can't beach because there are these big bollards up on the beach to prevent the crafts landing on uh, further up shore. So that's going to swim through. Bodies are flying down. The cinematography is incredible. Yeah. Um, you're seeing the kind of this kind of ultra-realistic thing. It's sort of in a part where they kind of slow that shutter speed right down. So you're kind of missing frames out from it, uh, which on the both makes the... Um, uh, like explosions, I think uh, I think the cinematographer talks about this, which is quite interesting. Makes the explosions feel a lot more real, alongside um, I think creating this atmosphere of shock. Like yeah. every, you're getting these kind of shutter frames of it. Yeah. Everyone's kind of jerking the, around. The uh, aim they're going smooth. for, the the feeling they're going for, is that you feel like you are there. They yeah. use lots of different techniques to use that. Sure. They use a lot of ringing in the ears from yeah, the explosions, yeah. slowing it down, people's perspectives. And it's very effective. Yeah, and fascinatingly, um, also, I believe all the weapon sounds in this are accurate to the uh, weapons used uh, during uh, D-Day and around this time. Um, so uh, I, the rifles that have been used, the rifles or machine guns, whatever, um, on the beach have had a very distinctive ping sound, and you can hear that during the fight. So there's a lot of historical accuracy going in there. I think um, if you read some interviews with Spielberg, I'm using a lot of my arms here, and people are <laughs> that, but the, the intensity is coming across. If you read any interviews with Spielberg from the time, he kind of talks about how what he didn't want to do is create this big Technicolor 
vision of World War II. Instead, what he wanted to do was create a atmosphere, especially a look that was more similar to um, the kind of photos you got from the time and from the kind of newsreels. So, which is why the whole thing is quite washed out, quite grey. It's like a similar-ish to a lot of the Spielberg films at the time, like Minority Report, which I think comes a, either just before or a little later. And um, War of the Worlds, which is in 2005. Similar look-ish between yeah. those things. But this is really stripped down. I think the cinematographer like took off layers of protective coating from the front of the cameras just to let more light in, which gives you that kind of overexposed feeling. Yeah. You kind of... The guys are going in... You follow the story of, essentially, Captain Miller pushing further and further... Brother Captain Miller beach. being Tom Hanks. Sure. Uh, further and further up the beach, finally getting to the blockades, which yeah. were put down just uh, for... Anyone who has never watched any sort of visualization of the storming of Omaha Beach or played uh, any video games that have done it, but which I feel like is a very small percentage of people. Sure, uh, but, but, but um, you know, the, kind of the idea is they're getting they're down below yeah, um, the sea defense kind uh, of buildings, which the Germans are encamped in with machine guns firing down. So they are down behind blockades, trying to throw up grenades and explode uh, the buildings where the yeah. uh, German machine gunners are holed up so that they can push up the hill uh, and get behind them. Um, so they get up. Uh, a couple of smaller uh, just kind of character moments. Beats would get in there. There's the, um, the medic who's kind of trying to trying to provide medical assistance to these guys who are just getting obliterated yeah. as it goes through. There's the uh, sniper who's clearly very Christian, keeps from kissing his cross and taking these shots but saying a prayer before every shot. Yep. Um, they're, they're, I mean, this isn't a character beat so much as a thing on the kind of uh, on the horror of war. Uh, but a guy gets shot in the helmet. He's like, and was like, close save. Yeah, he takes, takes the helmet off, his helmet off and gets shot, shot right in the through head. the head. Yeah, um, it is horrific. Yes, yeah. I believe they expected the film to get an NC uh, Spielberg, obviously in Hollywood. Um, let me just check how the rating system works in America. Uh, but. They anticipate, he kind of, whatever you don't want to get is a... Um, NC-17. NC-17. And NC-17 is like an 18 here. You can't go in unless you're above the age of 17. Uh, and rated R film, you can go in. This is kind of the weird thing. Uh, obviously, in the UK, we have a 12A where you can go in if you're younger than 12. Although I don't believe we did at the time. I think this was no. a 15. Yes. Um, whereas uh, an R film is like... You can go in... Uh, Deadpool, uh, as long as you've got like, parental guns or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You can go in. And NC-17 is an 18 here. And I believe... Uh, you know, and obviously they don't want to invest... I think, well, they did like 100 million whatever dollars and million dollars into this. And then get a film which only people under 17 can go see. But apparently at the end of uh, filming, he was like, I'm not going to change it. Like, if he gets in 17 that's fine. Yeah. Um, but you are getting this intense carnage... Um, men are Germans are surrendering and they're yeah. getting shot um, um, yeah it's uh, I mean I'm not many people will know this uh, little fun fact but there's a um, shot of two uh, Germans running out of um, uh, a trench Ooh. and surrendering and screaming uh, in what the uh American soldiers believe is German, and it's then they French. shoot them. No, it's Czech. It's Czech. Oh, it's cool. Czech, and they say we're not actually German. Um, we're just don't, we're, we're Czech. We please don't shoot us. Um, which is a nice little detail. Um, and and and, and is you know it, it's all it is horrific. There's, yeah. uh, they eventually get up. They take the sea defense. Um, there's a guy with a flamethrower, and he just roasts these people alive. And you hear someone on the ground to say, "Don't shoot them. Just let them burn to death." Yeah, and it's. 
fucking horrific. Yeah. At this point, we then go back to America. We see these kind of large halls, a lot of women, uh, not receptionists, I'm forgetting the word, but, but typists, um, crafting the letters to be sent back to family saying... Your sons have died. Uh, you know, we're really sorry yep. for your loss. Thank, and thank you for your service, and all. And the uh, you should be you should be proud, almost. Yeah. The kind of tone of these. Um, yeah, and uh, it is collected that yeah, as as you referenced earlier, three of these um, three Ryan's are three dead. three Ryan's are dead. There's another one missing. Sure. Do we write the fourth letter saying he's dead? No. Okay, let's try and find him. Does anyone sure. know where he is? Okay, right, cool. We're going to get Captain we'll Miller and he's going to take a small team and he's going to go and find sure. them. He was a paratrooper and their landing was um, yeah, so was before, wayward. It was meant to be. The reason why they had uh, such a tough time on D-Day, the aim originally was to launch uh, paratroopers behind enemy lines, um, both to draw them off from the beaches, but also to provide... Uh, the, to draw the focus away from uh, the landing, so when the kind of the larger amounts of the force came in, they could take over and kind of push forward from there and join up across the beach. Look at you knowing your history. Oh man, my dad would murder me if I didn't know a little <laughs> bit about D Day. My dad is uh, very did the uh, did the Wargrave tour. I've gone to a lot of the areas. Um, this this happening the week of uh, an apprentice uh, contestant. Oh God, this was not this was not knowing when World watched, War Two began. Yes. I didn't watch. I oh, just I saw did, the news. It was um, she was American and she was like, when when's World War Two finished? Like you know, nine forty. No, no, it was uh, when's the pre-war period? Nineteen like nineteen forty-two. When when is it? It's just like just know the bloody dates. It's not that hard. Uh, the the classic joke in uh, Friends, uh, where I believe uh, Rachel goes, "Who did we fight in World War One?" And uh, I, I, I think um, uh, uh, it's Monica looks around, looks at Phoebe and goes, "You know, it's, it's the Germans, right?" And Phoebe's like, "Yeah, sure, not knowing." <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's basically that scene in The Apprentice and the scene of awfully a lot of history. But yes, yeah. they're pushing forwards, they're going there. Um, they get the kind of message, hey, you need to find Private Ryan. Find, say Private um, Ryan. So um, Tom Hanks puts together a team of sure. about eight men. Yeah. This includes Vin Diesel. It includes uh, Evan Goldberg. It includes... Evan Goldberg? Adam, Adam, Go- Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Evan Goldberg, Evan Goldberg is, uh, I believe, is Seth Rogen's friend, uh, writing partner. Yeah, right. Partner. Um, no, it was not um, comedy <laughs> writer. Comedy be, writer Evan Goldberg in an early role. Yeah. Um, Adam Goldberg, um, Vin Diesel, sure. the sniper you referenced earlier, the medic, uh, which is Giovanni yeah. Rabisi, sure. um, and they also, as well as like two or three other men, and they need a translator. Okay. So they get uh, someone who's called a T5. Sure. I don't know. Really, basically, basically a very inexperienced soldier has said he... Um, isn't it, hasn't shot a gun since basic training, training. Right? Uh, No, hasn't held a gun, a gun since, since basic, basic training. training. And Tom Hanks says, did you shoot it then? And he goes, yes. And he's like, cool. And he's a guy that can speak uh, German and French in English. Yes. And he's like, um, how is your... Uh, how are your accents? And he's like, my French is like, eh, my, but my German, slightly Bavarian. And I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they, so he's taken along with him. We get the character sure. beat that, yes, this man is um, yep. an inexperienced little coward weakling boy. Um, sure, sure. And also has clearly been... Um, drafted and is a, is a young, is a young, guy, young 18-year-old and, and, man and not ready for as, war. As true to the reality of this, you know, he's clearly been put in the... Um, he's, to, he's in a part of the army which is behind lines. Right? Yeah. He's not a frontline infantryman. Uh, Tom Hanks, the rest of the crew, I believe all from the Rangers... Um, which is de- is one of the uh, you know most well trained uh, regiments and also very frontline kind of soldiers. Yeah. 
Um, this guy, he's really with the typist core. He's uh, with the generals, kind of sitting with them there. He has his typewriter at the beginning. He wants to bring that along, and Tom Hanks is like, what the fuck? No. no um, um, so off they yeah. go on an adventure. We're going on an adventure. Um, Into hell. Yes, and... Um, most of most of the rest of the crew not not really happy with this. They're like, why the fuck are we doing this? We want to be on the front lines. We want to murder people. Yeah. Um, why we want to take Paris. We want to liberate yeah. Berlin. We, yeah. Why are we going to find... Why it's one, Brian, one right? little shitty To kit. which the wee guy, I can't remember what he's meant to be called, so let's, let's call him Jimmy because he seems like a Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, says, ours is not to do and die. I know ours is not to question why ours is but to do and die. Which, let me tell you, feels like the kind of thing that would go over very, very poorly in an actual war. Yes. Um, um, but the first, they go to their first lead, essentially. Sure. They uh, meet in a very wet, rainy uh, conflict. They've met up with another um, another set of infantry mm-hmm. and are asking after Private Ryan. Sure. No, no, one, no, one's, no, one's, no one's seen him. No one's seen him. Who, who, yeah. who the, who, who the um, fuck I mean, are you talking about? Yeah, no, no one has any clue. Um... I don't even know whether uh, pff, Chris, where did they, is this where they're in the church is this the church scene uh, no I think this is or? pre-church um, I believe they go and find oh him. no this is where Vin Diesel dies um, oh yes yes, yes this sorry, is where they're in the spoiler yes so they see they bombed out they find a French family right yep um, in this kind of shelled out the front the side yep. of it is taken off completely they get the translator out and the translator saying what they're saying they want you to take their daughter Take their and they're literally just taking their daughter yeah, and just, just passing it down to these yeah. soldiers being and like, like and, ev- and Captain Miller it's like no fuck off no yeah, why would we, no we don't this what? is a bad idea we can't look after a child we're at war what the fuck are you guys doing and Vin Diesel is like fuck that I got this goes grabs oh, the kid yeah. brings him back yeah, and, and he's like know, look guys it's fine he's, he's been like we should take it to the nearest town he's he's a kind guy he's a good you know a good man right like he's not to say a good soldier, but a good man doing a kind of thing. And up from a bell tower um, on the opposite end by the church, a sniper shoots, shoots hits him. him right through the, uh, I believe, the chest. But yep. wherever. Um, and he collapses. Everyone else takes cover. He's in the middle he's of the road getting pissed on with rain, bleeding, bleeding out. out. He ta- he ta- he's taking out a letter he's written to his dad. It's covered in blood. It's so depressing. Um, he's like, my, it's so co- and he's saying it's covered, it's in, blood. covered in blood. He, does, man. He, he wants to get this. I think no matter what, he wants to get this letter to his thing. Yeah. The medics going. We need to go out there and get him. Yeah. He's going. Yeah, please come over and save me. Um, Tom Hanks is like, no, stay down, um, stay and down. The sniper says some like takes the wrong time to make a little quip where he's like, stay down, boys. This guy's a good one. I'm yeah. like, shut the fuck up, Everyone's dude. Like, fuck um, up. But basically, he the sniper finds cover um, um, and, and shoots the German sniper through straight through the scope, through the eye. In what it's, it's not necessarily gratuitous, but it is in that moment incredibly shocking, right? Because you think he's missed, and then this kind of horrific shot. The sniper, I think now's probably a good time to talk about it. Uh, believes that his gift as a soldier yeah. is a gift by God. Yeah, that God is that God has made him good as a sniper. That God has made given him this gift to to shoot people, and you know it's a it's a it's, it's a no, it's quite a nasty um, thing. I mean, it's it's honestly untrue, but but it's 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 dark and it's really yeah, dark. it is very dark. Um, and at this dark time, I'm going to take a pause sure. here. Vin uh, Diesel dies. Yeah, Vin Diesel. They don't say yeah. him. He's they, yeah, he full on dies. Uh, someone um, takes the letter. His letter puts away. I think the, the aim would be to send it off yeah. at some point. Um, and so at this point, uh, I'd like to. Then we obviously have a few um, running segments that sort of roll in and out uh-huh. uh, of this show. You were so. Um, and at this point, I do have an intro okay. uh, for one of our, our famous segments. Sure. Um, so here is t- it's time for one of our famous segments on this show. Just Tom Hanks. 
fuck in this film. That's cool. No, Tom Hanks does not fuck in this film. Yeah. That has been... Does Tom Hanks fuck in this film? Ladies and gentlemen, it's really important that you know one thing, and that's that was not added in post. Jamie just held up a speaker to the mic. <laughs> Look, I wanted the best possible way it's for great. you to experience it in the room and yes. also for our audience got, to experience it. You got my guts I had no idea that was coming and I like it. I would also like to apologise uh, to my flatmate yeah. for when I was sound tasting that out of the speaker earlier. That meant she was sat in our flat and she just heard, does Tom Hanks fuck in this film? And she was very confused. Um, so yes, that's been does Tom Hanks fuck in this film. No, he does not. Let's move on. Yes. Uh, they move out from there. They're looking to go to the next town. I believe in the next town they there is a, uh, a squadron of units that they reckon they can meet up with. Yep. This town has been shelled out. Nothing. Uh, they have no clue. They uh, make their way across. Yep. They they get there and uh, they, they say they say uh, Private Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, Ryan. Uh, Pri- Private James Ryan. Yeah, yeah, great, cool. Tom Hanks sits him down and goes. Um, there's no easy way of saying this. Your, your brothers are dead. What? Guy breaks down in tears, and he's like, well, oh, my brother, "How did they die? Um, they they were lost at war. They were they were killed in action. But they're severed. <laughs> it's not funny, but it well, is. Well, it kind of is. Uh, and and I, I, I yeah. Mean, so to basically, some extent, his reaction is meant to be off-putting. He, upon learning the news, he does not react in the way the, the kind of this very stoic way everyone else is taking this internalizing it and he, he yeah. cries and he ugly yeah. cries yeah ugly cries and, and, and so as soon as he says they're seven and they go wait private James Ryan right James Francis Ryan James Howard Ryan fuck and they tell us just sort of like wrong guy and then walks off just ignores yeah. this guy and he's like are my brothers okay he's like, are they okay yeah. were they killed in action like no they were probably not killed in action does anyone can anyone confirm that we're pretty sure they weren't killed in action if they were seven you're chill dude yeah. um, I believe this is where they spend this the night is where the they spend their nights so, in the so church. they're kind of they're tr- trying to figure out from there where's the best place to go they knew he was a paratrooper they knew it will take roughly where they might land um they, uh, I, I think they ask around saying, like, has anyone had loose lips about where this, blah, blah, blah. There was a scene with Tom Hanks, uh, and he's, uh, they're in this kind of bomb, not bombed out, you know, protected night at church inside, and his hand is shaking, um, and it, it can't stop. And someone notices this, and he says, you know, when, when that's happening, and he said, look, it's been happening since uh, we were in Portsmouth, uh, before we went off, obviously, for the landings. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, I better find another career. So, and you be, I think this is the point we learn. Uh, there is a pool going around with a $5 entry uh, for people to see, uh, people trying to figure out what Tom Hanks' character did before the war. Yeah, what, what his is his job? job? Um, and he's not saying, and he, there's a, a quite a nice bit where he's like, hey, why don't you ever complain? And he's like, well, that's not how it happens that you, the army, right? You complain up. You do not complain down. Yeah. And I th- believe this is the first real conversation we have after saying a lot, believe a lot, because some of this is sort of jumbled around. It's and also, this is a fucking two hour and 50 minute yeah, yeah. film. So bit, it's bit, difficult to re- recollect in minute which, by minute. In which the majority of it is, is just fighting. Right? Yeah. The, the, kind of the moments in between war are... Few uh, and far between. And, and in, you know, they're in France. It, it's all very confusing. But to which he says, you know, if, if the major was to say... This might come later, actually, but... Um, you know, what, you're you're off to save Private Ryan. Uh, what would you say? 
And so she goes, you know, well, it's not my job to complain. Like, I gotta, I gotta be like, yep, cool, great idea, we gotta do it. Um, it's a nice humanizing moment. Yeah. Um, we get. He, he's clearly affectionate for all the men under yep, his command. Uh, we get a long story, which I can't remember, but Giovanni Rabisi, the medic, uh, yeah. has a long speech at this point, which is heartfelt and emotional about his time back home. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's a really humanizing moment uh, for, for all of them. Yeah, especially because I think. Up until this point, although after the, we start, we have the different scene. The second scene is twenty-seven minute scene. It pushes horrifically through, and we have not really a second of respite. No. They get up there. There's clearly everything set up, but they immediately have to go. And this is the real first time I think we get an understanding of these characters in any way that's not just through action. Yeah. Um, some of the smaller roles, I think we get you know little quips here and there, but especially Tom Hanks. He's the guy in charge. He's looking out at all times. He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. He's trying to protect these people. Uh, so, head out. Yeah, next morning, uh, they find another uh, regiment. I believe it is actually Private Ryan's regiment, but yes, they cannot the locate him. The paratroopers, yes. they cannot locate him. So, they what the. Through. Yes, what the officer does is gives him all the dog tags that they've recovered sure. to try and uh, see. Look, yeah. if you find his, his name, you'll know he's yeah. dead. And to set, they set this up a little bit earlier when Vin Diesel dies, Tom Hanks goes over, takes off the dog tags, because that's what they were for. They were for identifying. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they're going through and they're kind of callously, they're just rifling oh, through. They're splitting up like for him. They're just making jokes. jokes. They're going, hey, is it this guy? Oh, oh, I think I got a winner here. Um, and at this point, Giovanni. Ryan is like, that's not Ryan, that's R E Y A N. Yeah. Um, and uh, this one, Giovanni Rubisi, the medic, is looking at them and then noticing that there's a bunch of um, sure. paratroopers. other paratroopers about to head out, all walking past. And looking, and, wa- and looking at them in, you know, R.A. Yeah, He's like, yeah because, yeah, it's dark. It, and he goes over and, like, packs on, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? There's people walking past. Yeah. And it's it's a nice, a nice little moment, again, of just, like, the how easy it is sure. to become desensitised and also then sure. the resensitizing exactly also, at the same time. And again, I haven't watched this TV show, but at least from the name, right? It's, it's the Band of Brothers type thing. I'll like, talk more about Band of Brothers sure. later. Um, but, but definitely as a, as a concept, it is that they... And this is where the, this is where the Private Ryan thing plays into it. It's the idea of saying Private Ryan. Is it okay if three of us die, but we save this one guy? Is that for them, the loss only really matters when it's people they know. They, they, they hold on to that as a structure. These people are the people that they put their uh, their own lives in the hands of. And when it's just other dead people, well, you do sort of need to desensitise to it. Yeah. They're there to kill and be killed, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, at this point, uh, Tom Hanks is clearly losing his marbles he, a little bit and he just starts he, screaming. He just goes... Yeah. Ryan? Ryan? Anyone seen Ryan? Walks well, through the power troopers, getting, walks up to French out. locals. Yeah. He's definitely suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, you know, it, it's clearly been affecting him really strongly. That, that's with the hand tremors. And he's, he's just aggressive. He's, he's kind of just anything. He finds someone who's deaf. Yes. Who was... Um, and it's, this is the, actually the actor I wanted to mention. It's very, he's a very small uh, role, so we'll talk about... He's deaf, um, but he knows... He landed with Ryan and knows where he is. Uh, there's a little sequence of them shouting and then uh, writing down notes. This bloke, Ryan Hurst, the actor, is in this for maybe two minutes, but uh, two years later, he stars in Remember the Titans. Oh, okay. uh, He's the uh, lead... Lead Titan. white... No, lead white football player oh, in that uh, film about the desegregation of um, uh, of high schools. Um, but I, I just spent ages like staring at this, like, why the fuck do I know him? And figured out he stars in Seven Private Ryan... Uh, in in uh, sure. Remember the Titans two years later. They've been told... So what he says is that uh, they landed... They landed 
eight miles out, so they were making their way to the kind of uh, the rendezvous point, and on the way there, they met up with a general who, uh, not general, a commander, who said, look, he's trying to round up guys to take a bridge uh, in Paris, in, in France. Uh, Ramel or something Ramel, like that. Yeah. yeah. Effectively, they need to make sure they control the, the kind of choke points uh, yeah. in and out, and if the Germans take them, there is no chance of the American army to get through. Yeah. So Pratt Ryan's going off. And, and he's with them. Um, on the way there, uh, they come Shigan. across a... Yes, Shigan. Way worse. Um, uh, as they're venturing towards there, um, they come across a machine encampment, yeah. uh, machine placement, and uh, Tom Hanks goes, look, we've got to take this. And everyone else is like... Uh, really aggressively. They do, and also importantly, they do not need to. They, no, they, everyone they could, says, they could we can go around. Right? Yeah, right? and everyone else it. is like, look, do we accomplish our mission? And it's interesting because the rest of the people, originally they were saying, like, we don't give a shit about Private Ryan, we want to fight the war. And this completely inverts now. Yeah. Uh, they this go look are we going to get our this is unnecessary risk are we going to complete our mission by doing this and Tom Hanks goes our mission is to take Paris our mission is to win with the war yeah. um, so he begrudgingly gets them to uh, agree to uh, take uh, this encampment yeah. we do not see this fight uh, very keenly the translator the, the little weakling who can't uh, hold a gun um, stays behind <laughs> look I will mock this man and I do not care um, sure. <laughs> um uh, stays behind and we see his perspective you see them lot sort of from far away gu- yeah. grenades being it's thrown fr- fires and eventually there's quiet down and then they start screaming for help they start going get back over here we need uh, we need water we need these we need these he gets there and the medic has uh, has been shot yeah. Giovanni Ribisi he's on the ground they're all uh, crowded around him yeah. trying to uh, and, hold him down and he goes Try- from bad to worse yes he is he is Bleed, and they're all going like, you're the fucking medic. What you need to do, tell us do, how do. to do this. And eventually he just goes, I could use a little bit more morphine. Indicating I'm going to die. I just want to not be in too much pain sure. right now. And uh, Captain Miller goes, yeah, fine. Sure. Give it give it to him. It's distressing as fuck. He is bleeding out heavily. Everyone else is getting covered in blood. Yeah, it's, um, it's really fucking hard to watch. And again, I think especially for Tom Ice's character, uh, Captain Miller in this, it's his fault. It's his fault. They've captured uh, the Germans and everyone just starts beating the shit out yeah. of their prisoner. Oh um, yeah, yeah. In the terms guy, of that, in terms of surrendered, right? Yes. He is. It's the Geneva mentions. Yeah, Anything I was going to say. Law, in, this is incredibly. In terms of your uh, running crimes. running uh, theme of disliking torture, how did you like this scene here, Alexander? Well. Because here's the thing, we're not meant to like it. No, no, it's not at all. Awful. Yeah. They go, Well, we're gonna murder this guy, right? He killed our guy, we're gonna kill this son of a bitch. And he's crying, yeah. he's they, saying they I love America, get... I don't want you know, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. They try to get the translator to tell him which one shot um, so the medic so they can so they can I think, blood murder. Not even oh not even I think kill him, like because I think they think he's already dead, but like so they can like Desecrate defile his, his body or like whatever. They start saying you're gonna dig in the, the grave. grave. Well, they, they, and to be honest, I think these people are meant to think we're digging our own graves to be shot in. And the uh, the translator, I guess, which I would say to his credit, is going like, guys, this is a this is horrific. We cannot yeah. do this. And going to Tom Hanks, trying to plead to Tom Hanks's uh, humanity. He's in, you know, he's in a decent Caesar character up until now. This has been one of his defining traits. He is a decent man who is doing what he's obliged to do. He does not do this out of anger, but rather out of a sense of duty. And Tom Hanks is is fighting. He's he's he's, he's breaking down. He's struggling with uh, shell shock. He's struggling with post traumatic stress. He's he struggling is, with the guilt the of guilt. having just watched a man die yeah. due to his own actions. And he kind of get he forces him out. He blindfolds the guy. It looks like it's going to be a firing squad. 
and he's like walk a thousand paces and um, after a thousand paces take off your thing and uh, turn yourself into the nearest allied encampment yeah and everyone's like what the shit man um, and he's like, "Well, we don't, we don't, we don't kill prisoners. That's, yeah. that's well, a war crime." But even it, the scene is even. I I love the scene is absolutely brilliant. He's yeah. standing there, and I I believe this is after he sent the guy off. Maybe it's just before. And he says, oh "God, I, I can't remember the full scene." But it, effectively, he goes, um, "What's the what's the pool up to? What? Oh yeah, what's the pool up to? Three hundred. Oh yeah, no, we're forgetting." Everything gets to a complete head of tensions here. People start screaming at each other. Yeah, People start about, holding the gun up, are holding guns oh, up yes. to their each other. So, uh, like to, they're like, holding yeah, the gun yeah, up to, to Eddie, the German, and then someone else holds so, a gun so, up to yeah, Adam Goldberg. Eddie, Eddie, Adam Goldberg is like, "I'm going to fucking kill this dude." To which not Paul Jim, maybe even no, no, no just no, another dude. Another dude um, just holds a gun up to him. Everyone screaming. His orders: "I will shoot you in the yeah. head, and I will." And kill you. yeah, Tom Hanks defuses this by going, "What's the pull up to?" Three hundred dollars. I'm a teacher. I was from Pennsylvania, and I'm a teacher. And, you know, he, he effectively just, you know, says, like, there are days that are, you know, you, I, as this war goes on and this war goes on and as we, we do more and as we kill more, I worry that I will not be able to go back to my wife, back to that life, and I worry that I'm forgetting that life. And we need to be able to hold on to any, something, anything, in order that when we get back there is a piece of less and that we do not... Lose our we, humanity. We do not have these days that we cannot explain to people we love. Yeah. And this guy goes off and he's they said, you know, he's just gonna what if he ends up back in the Germans' hands? And he's like, well Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um <laughs> that, may, that may come back to bite them. Um and so uh yeah, they go off, they find um Private Ryan's uh, paratrooper regiment uh, just outside they yeah, get they, they, they get find they, where Private Ryan is yeah they I, find where Private Ryan is they get in another small battle with I believe a tank yes uh, uh, I think uh, yes I think that's how they find Private Ryan yeah that's how they find Private they, Ryan they, they come in long grass they lie down long grass and Private Ryan like fires a bazooka or something at this thing sets his tank on fire it's a panzer yeah and, and, and they uh, they all get up together um, and he's like and, hey. hey who are you guys and he goes Private Ryan and he goes Private James Francis Ryan yeah how do you know that and then takes uh, him off. Takes him off. Reveals to him, "Your brother's dead. We're here to take you back." Uh, Matt Damon goes, "Nah, fuck that. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm with my." Tell they like, "What do you want to say to your mum?" He's like, "Tell him I'm with my brothers here now. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not going back. I've got to and, fight." And this. it's it's this this question, this argument, this um, this horrific thing which has been going all the way through is why are we laying down our lives? Why are we letting people die? And there's a speech at some point in the film. I can't remember if it's here. I can't remember if it's maybe at the scene where they. Um, are potentially going to kill these uh, prisoners where Tom Hanks says I think it's only on where he goes um, you know up until now I've always been able to send these guys off to die because I think well for every one of them who dies we're saving 10 people we're saving 100 people whatever so if we lose 50 men then maybe we're saving 500 men 5,000 men but how how are we going to justify it to us? How how what I'm how and this is what is this is the central question we're tearing him apart. Yeah, I am sacrificing three, five, ten of my men to save one man, and this is this is what Private Ryan turns right back into his face. He's like, why aren't you saving you know Johnny? Why aren't you saving uh, Mitch? Whatever, all the other guys. Why am I special? Why am I special? I'm not special at all. And um, they then decide. 
to stay. They, they they'd stay. say they like. He says. He says. You know, not to we get reinforcements. I can't go until we get reinforcements. So gonna, they know that there's going to be a bridge, we yeah, There's going to be a German attack uh, the next day, yeah. uh, and they have to plan. They have. They go through their ammunition. They've got fuck all left. Yeah. Um, at this point. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks uh, introduces them to the concept of a sticky bomb, yep. which is sticking grenades in a sock, um, essentially, and then uh, putting in a load of pitch, putting and, it, then and then um, throwing it at a throwing it at a tank, and then it sticks. Um, and they're like, "Oh, cool!" Um, like, and yeah, they make they make a bunch of like improvised Molotov cocktails, and they sure. set themselves up ready for. Sure. Um, they they get someone up in the belt. There's a near but not a bell tower, church tower. Yeah, um, with a machine gun and a sniper. That's what yeah. Back uh, so yeah, machine gun and the sniper. Uh, Adam Goldberg and someone else are set up with a heavy machine gun um, and uh, Translator Boy is to carry the um, ammo for that heavy machine gun. Um, Um, And of course... Tom Hanks is with... uh, With Private Ryan, Ryan. with Matt Damon um, and they set up and get ready. There is a very nice scene where uh, they're they're waiting for this to approach. They know that the Germans are going to come. They know there's going to be a tank. They reckon, all right, well, we, they have a kind of small, lightly armoured vehicle. They're like, okay, we're going to use this as bait to draw them here. Till then, let's sit and not piss about, but just, we know they're not going to be here right now. They put on some EDSPF, and it's sort of the last quiet moment of the movie. Um, one guy Until talk- the very, very end. Yeah. Sure. Uh, one of the guys is talking about how, uh, before he went off, uh, he had a girlfriend with huge double E boobs. <laughs> And the girl was like, look, every time you're scared over there, you just close your eyes. And she's like, look, she showed him his breasts, uh, her breasts, sorry. And she's like, anytime you're uh, off over there, you know, you gotta, you got to think of uh, my boobs. Um, there's a really lovely moment between Matt Damon and Tom Hanks where uh, Ryan goes, I, I can't remember my brother's faces. I'm really worried about I can't remember my brother's faces. And Tom Hanks says, you got to, you can't remember just trying to think of the person. You have to remember the situation. Yeah. I, I think of my... Um, you know, my hammock, I think of my uh, front porch, I think of my wife, you know, gardening in the rosebuds. And Matt Damon recalls uh, a time when he was, like, playing before, with... Yeah, yeah, just before uh, playing with his brothers. It was the last time they were um, together. together before um, one of them went off to basic training. And he has a little laugh about that. It's um, really reminiscent acting of what we'll see him doing Goodwill Hunting, of this laughing in a very painful situation, yeah. uh, which he's very, very good at. And Matt it, Damon does very, oh, very um, well. And especially... I think this is a not not this Matt Damon podcast, but I think it's as a sign. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's our sequel. Sure, uh, Matt the Damon Dungeon. The Damon Dungeon. Um, <laughs> I don't think we want to put his films in the dungeon. That's um, a little bit, but, little uh, bit much. Uh, but Matt Damon, as a young actor, has a like very exposed nerve feeling, and as he's become older, actually, what he he sort of becomes more of a. Tom Hanksian figure, yeah, and I think uh, I don't think Tom, he's had as good roles in his middle age as he had in his young age, which is a shame because he's brilliant in these movies. I just yeah. want to see him in really good, more good films. Um, he asked Tom Hanks, "Why don't you tell me about?" I told you this story. Why don't you tell me about your your wife and the rose bushes? And he's like, "No, that's no. just for me." So they were definitely fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. <laughs> anyway, we go through to the battle uh, the next day. We won't describe this battle in beat by beat no. but we'll hit the main things that happen that affect characters um firstly the uh the sniper we'll, we'll hit them character sure. by character sniper he's uh having a good time 
He's doing his doing his religious. He's going. Pew, I'm great. I'm, killing I'm, people. I'm bam, bam, God. Bam. I I am God, and you are my. I will kill you. Yeah. Um, and and then he gets blown up by a tank. Yeah. And he dead. Um, Adam Goldberg. Um, is far and away. He's uh, in his little window. He's doing pretty well. Him and his him and his buddy. They're um far and away. They run out of ammo. Yeah. Uh, and translator boy is is hiding. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he like has been hiding miles away from that building. He they call for ammo and he like. Like he gets over towards the building then they're, they're yeah. like underneath and they're like having bomb like grenades thrown in and has to keep throwing it out but then Nazis go in that building he, he can see it he can see them go in and he stays downstairs and then in oh hands down the most fucking horrible to watch scene of this film um they are waiting in that uh, at the top of the stairs uh, in that room they hear someone coming up the stairs they call out is it uh, they call out the, the translator's name no one responds so they shoot they see, they hear someone fall, they see blood. They wait, they wait, and then shots come through. Uh, the guy who isn't Adam Goldberg gets shot, uh, and in comes um, a German, and they're both out of ammo, so they uh, start a fist fight, essentially. Yeah. They start wailing on each other, they start rolling over the, this guy who's, like, dying. Um, he's crying out for help. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to the dude with uh, the ammo around his neck, and he can hear it all. And he just doesn't do anything. He he can't go up the stairs. He's holding a gun. He could go in there and shoot the German. Uh, doesn't do anything. Cuts back. Um, a knife gets pulled out. And slowly, slowly, the German um, just pushes, just it, pushes it in. Uh, he speaks in German. I looked up what he says. He says something along the lines of, it's over. I've won. Just let me do this. It will be easier. It will be quicker. You'll feel less pain. Um, and, and stabs him. And he dies. Um, he then, the German then goes to the top of the stairs and finds this cowering... Guy, snivelling sure. uh, guy and doesn't even do anything he just walks past him yeah. um yeah it's it's the worst fucking thing to watch in this film it's awful because it's like you you both hate and sympathize with the poor kid on the stairs i, I think i think what it you, you you're angry it, with him because you're sure, like why is he not your friend. To help your friend help but your friend but, but you time, also sympathize with him because yeah he's a fucking and also, kid and also what i what i think is um i am really strongly opposed to uh, the draft. Oh yeah, Obviously. as an idea, no, because it's in most societies, it, a puts a lot of shame on people who conscientiously object. So if you know, definitely in World War One in Britain, the White Feathers, um, places, but a lot of places, you know, ways you can object, so maybe serve as a medic or whatever. I mean, obviously, the medics are still dying here, but a lot of the cases, it's forcing people to kill. Yep. And I don't. If you are not able to do that, if you don't think you are able to do that, you, you shouldn't be there. Like, no. you should not be forced to murder another human being unless you are able to do that and you are and you know I, I there's a lot of empathy for him and at the same time there is a lot of shame there is a lot yeah. of like it's, it's a weird, that that's why it's, that's why it's such a tough scene to watch sure it's incredibly um, they've uh, established that if they are losing um, the, the, the Alamo is kind of uh, back behind the bridge uh, and they will be to blow up the bridge I, yep. I believe they need to get um, pull back and they blow it up yeah. to Jones uh, we, we get what, all of these shots are interspersed sure. with the, the story of the sniper, the story of Adam Goldberg dying. Uh, we also have that interspersed with Tom Hanks and Matt Damon. Their story is basically they're fucking on, in yeah. the middle of the streets, like hidden under hills, like yeah. tanks rolling in, doing their best, throwing sticky bombs, like really doing their best, but under the cosh, basically, yeah. like really fucking struggling. Um, and eventually, uh, even more... Uh, German troops show up, one of whom uh, we have seen before. Uh, it is the man 
who they let walk away. Uh, he is in this troop. Um, at this point, uh, Tom Hanks uh, is... They're, they're basically defeated at this point. Sure. They're, they're, all their troops are really depleted. So he is trying to go and get uh, some explosives that he can see sure. um, a little bit away. So he walks, but he's clearly dazed, almost shell-shocked. He's not really in control of what he's doing. Uh, go, walks towards there, almost in complete open, and gets shot by uh, the man who he let run free. Um, in something that I really quite like, they don't dramatize it. No. He get you. You just see Tom Hanks in the distance. You yeah. get a shot from the um, shooter's perspective. Shoots him, goes down, carries on going. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, the tank is rolling over the bridge, uh, and again, in a not dramatized moment, but because he is dying and has nothing else to do, uh, Tom Hanks. It pulls out a pistol and starts shooting the tank. It's not a heroic last. Ah, I'm gonna. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's a completely fruitless action. Yeah. It's all he can do. He just is wildly shooting with a pistol at the tu- uh, truck. But then he shoots the shoots like a six shot and it explodes. Um, again, not in a sudden dramatic. Uh, he's managed to blow up a tank with a pistol. Uh, the as you say, the planes have flown in, yeah. and they start the reinforcements. Bombing. They start bombing. Um, at this point, uh, the troops recover. Matt Damon goes and uh, start, and, and and one of the other um, lesser known soldiers sure. in his uh, uh, regiment that we haven't seen much of calls for a medic um, for Tom Hanks. Um, Matt Damon puts um, pressure, on uh, pressure on the wound. We also see the translator who has been cowering right next to a bunch of um, uh, soldiers. Mm-hmm suddenly gets up as he sees uh, them try to flee, screaming at, him, at them in German, uh, probably saying something like, put your weapons down, fuck yeah. off. Um, and, then, and then he sees the, the bloke who he let run away, uh, who they let run away. Uh, he says the translator's name, um, and then he shoots him. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. yeah. And then he lets the rest of the Germans run free. Um, it's, it's dark, it's hard like yeah. this is suddenly now he gets the courage and he kills someone but it's not, but it's not, it's, it's not even it's not, it's not, it's not even they, they are unarmed yeah they are he's the, 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 well let's finish off and then we'll talk about the, the this this film thematically yes like, um so then um they're, they're trying to call for a medic but it's clear yeah nothing um nothing's gonna work tom hanks is gonna die earlier in the film tom hanks established in this conversation where he's like why are we doing this? Why are we sending five guys off to die for one person? Blah blah blah. And he kind of goes jokingly, you know. I hope, I hope this guy is worth it. Yeah. I hope, you know, I hope he invents, you know, he, he cures cancer. He yeah. invents the electric light. Um, and so, in his last words, he pulls um, Matt Damon in, and he goes, "James, uh, earn this, earn it." And then he dies. And then we get a shot of uh, Matt Damon's very expressive crying face, and in what has become a meme uh latterly yeah, in gif but, form but, but, and, yet it, uh, it, and yet it works it's still it's still it, it absolutely still works in context of the film but uh many people have seen the gif of a, yeah. matt damon's face being Coming. morphed into an old person's face sure. it's often used for memes of when you suddenly feel old yeah, yeah. um and he's standing over the grave of of course captain miller uh we get uh, a voiceover talking about uh, his experience it was, it's his first time he's gone back he's gone there with his family yeah. um He's really sorry. He talks a little bit about what, what he's done with his life um, and how he still thinks about to this day that, that day on the bridge. Um, what are you looking up? I'm trying to remember that was in the version I watched. 
Oh, oh, maybe we watch slightly different versions. Uh, but I, yeah, the version I watched, we get a little bit voiceover him saying, yeah, I, I still think about that day to this day. And then his wife comes up uh, and uh, he says to her, um, was I worth it? Uh, am I a good man? Am I, am I, I a good man? man? Um, and uh, she says, yes, of course you are. Um, again, we'll, we'll touch on that when this idea of uh, the theme, but this like really, it really choked me up. It was a really, yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk it about the themes, but um, yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk about the themes, but then um, yeah, he uh, steps back, salutes the grave. Um, and we see a kind of very washed out, almost black and white shot of the American flag. Yeah. <laughs> For like, for like six seconds. Oh, for a long time, um, facing zones. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and we... So, that's the end of the film. The um, of the film. It, before we get on to... But as someone who has expressed many times about the uh, uncomfortableness I have with uh, the extreme patriotism, I almost laughed out loud. I don't think that's extreme. I don't think that's extreme. To me, it was just a weird ending. Like, sure. when, for having felt so emotional sure. and having no personal connection to that flag, it was so, such a weird, like, so, six seconds of the flag. The best way I can... And, and I, I, I know I, Americans will say, and sure. there, there will be people who that say that's what the flag represents. Well, but, but, it's it, about it's more, respecting... It, 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 it's... Look, you know, as a British person, there's, there's some things with the flag where I'm like, this is a bit much, and uh, the American flag, sorry, uh, where some of the rules I think are a bit extreme, and blah, blah, you know, and I, I struggle with that. I was about to say blah, blah, blah. But the, the best way I've had it described is that uh, America doesn't have a central figurehead, right? There's no there's no iconography that is central to America but the flag. The, the Britain has the Queen. We have the, we have a figurehead who outlasts so many of us. Mm-hmm. We have an establishment that, you know, whether it's the Queen, whether it be maybe Prince Charles one day, whether it be Prince William, they will live throughout a lot of our lives and they will be on our coins and they will be on our money and they are this kind of living thing which a lot of the country rallies behind. And for America, because there is not... The, the presidency is innately ephemeral. It is innately a four-year thing, eight-year thing. That the flag is this idea which a lot of people can channel or a lot of people identify very strongly with when it comes to their feelings towards the country. And I, at least... In this context, especially especially in the context of, I I made a I made a boo boo. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Al. Jeremy, the cable. Yeah, I may I may have may have not midway yeah. talking through emotional yeah. stuff about yeah. flags and sorry. Yeah. You don't but, but, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. This cuts the this cuts the, cuts the tension. Is good. I did it deliberately to make her funny. Yes. Anyway, yeah, fine. Sure, like, fly, I, sure, sure. You I get. I, but, but I personally don't have any connection to that. Anyway, just just I get I get everything you're saying, but I personally don't have any connection. The thing I was about to say before I cut off is just that when American soldiers die, they are sent home with a flag. And a black and seeing this in this kind of really washed out, almost slight colours, but almost black and white version of this, I think is reminiscent of the flags that of this graveyard we see. All these men's families were sent. That so that that's yeah. why I think at least thematically why it would end on that image. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about this film. Uh, when we rate these films, we do so out of four no. different rankings. Oh, right, yes, yes, we <laughs> gonna say So that. we rank it first of all out of the how good is this thing? Is it good? Do we like it? Is it bad? Do we not like it? That's out of five. What else do we rank it on, Jamie? Uh, we also do Tom Hanks' performance uh, out of five. Again, when we say out of five. We occasionally oh, go to six. Go to uh, who six. knows? We sometimes go minus. Yeah, things. we go. Well, yeah, in the Especially Tom Hanks with, dick meter, oh, yeah. uh, which is the chronology of 
Tom Hanks's um, dickishness in his characters, which we believe starts out very strong and then uh, slowly wanes over time. Uh, so we are tracking that with the Tom Hanks dick meter, which can go into the negatives. If they're, if they're absolute saints, uh, then it sure. goes into negatives. Um, and then, of course, we say whether this film goes in our Hanks bank. The uh, collection of films we're going to show to the aliens to prove our worth of them to join the United States of space. So this, and we obviously give our little summation uh, before. This sure. film is uh, really good, and I think it ties together... Um, two things really really well which are very human stories mm. uh which are incredibly uh, affecting i was going to say effective but i'm going to change to affecting um like i said that that um question that he is uh, struggling with as much as you could mock it like he says am i a good man and is what yeah his wife says fucking yes of course she does but um that idea of have i lived a good life i think is a question that can be drawn out and applied to anyone. And that's what I think makes a really good film in any genre is something where its message doesn't, isn't specific to, or its question about uh, the human condition isn't specific to the situation in which it is in. You can take it out and apply it to any situation. And I think that idea of whether you have lived a good life absolutely uh, can be applied to anyone and really, really got me choked up. And as you know, I don't often cry at films um, or at anything. I'm an emotional husk of a human being. It's fine. Um, and then I think it also very effectively uh, and was probably the first um, uh, really high budget uh, piece of media to really effectively portray the horrors of war, especially World War II. Um, it is something that clearly uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg uh, really connected with and wanted to portray, which is where Band of Brothers comes in. They both executive produce uh, Band of Brothers. Uh, we will obviously talk about it because he uh, appears uh, in two episodes. Uh, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, for me, it is the greatest representation of war on screen. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. And they go even further on this representation of the the real disgusting nitty-gritty of battle but also the tactics of battle it's a thing they really spend the i mean that final battle is about the last 45 minutes yeah, of this film it's really fucking long, long. And, and it shows you the journey and the back and forth and the hurt and the heartbreak yeah. of of a not quite modern conflict but a uh, of a conflict with guns that we don't see um, much portrayed on uh, screen and it is something they take further in uh, Band of Brothers but clearly something that they start to get to grips with here and I think they weave those two things together really fucking well I think this tells a human story and um, a war story really effectively um, and and it, it's really difficult to do that it, especially war films or uh, any film that tries to take um, a really big overarching battle or anything, anything that when that's taken in sci-fi or whatever, fucking Star Wars, like there's these big overarching um, battles and wars and then trying to also pass that down into a human story is really fucking difficult and only the best films do it and I think this film does it absolutely brilliantly. Um, I hadn't watched this film for a really fucking long time, um, but I, I really, really enjoyed watching it. It made me really excited to watch Band of Brothers again because uh, it's, it's, as I said, one of, one of my favourite things ever made, but it's definitely one of the best representations of war uh, ever made, and this is a precursor to that, uh, and I think this is a five out of five. Um, I grew up on, a, on the island of Jersey, 
which um, I like how we've just uh, taken this section to be. I'm gonna monologue for a bit, yeah, and then you're gonna monologue for a bit. bit. I mean, that's I'm gonna have my story about this film, and then you're gonna have your story about this film. I think it's it's definitely essential to the to the core of the show. Um, I grew up on the island of Jersey, which was occupied by the Nazis uh, during World War Two. Um, it was uh, the principality of uh, of the United Kingdom, but but it was taken over by the Nazis, and I believe, um, you know, for certain invasion plans, was meant to be a starting off point from which they would invade the UK. Like um, like the moon for going sure, to Mars in sure. Elon Musk's plan. Sure. So I've and just realised it's been a very depressing all, episode. All around, uh, hey, you know, war. Yeah, war. Never changes. Never changes. Um, <laughs> all around the seafront of Jersey, you have uh, kind of beach defence points, um, which were built by the Nazis, which, which are these kind of physical sea defence things of which you have the little kind of viewing platforms I believe these are built by the Nazis um, from which you know, there were positions for gunners to take out people landing on the beaches very similar to Dunkirk so as a as a not Dunkirk sorry yeah, D-Day on Ohio Beach um, so kind of from the get go this is a film which I think I will get me in, will get me emotional right like it's a place where I grew up it's a place where a lot of people do I it's a film on which there's a lot of memes, not memes, but the idea of, uh, the idea essentially when you hear it of the army sending out this kind of squadron of people to go save this one guy sounds kind of ridiculous. And actually, until I watched the film, I didn't realise how much the film itself grapples with the central question. It's this one question of, will, why, why are we sending off ten men to die for one guy to live? And it take, it goes across the entire film, and it answers it maybe bestly thematically. Like it wor- it works dramatically, and, uh, sort of. It works best emotionally and thematically, where on the emotional level, it's like of you know we have this swelling John Wayne score, this kind of pulsing um, rhythm to this narrative, which goes further and further. We need to say, we need to do it. We need to do it. It becomes almost desperate. As the humanity gets lost, Private Ryan saving him is, is potentially the only good thing that will come out of the war. I think that's a, a line they kind of say, right? Like, you know, maybe this is what we can tell our family when we get back, although the majority of them never do. When I was... Uh, God, this is long and rambling. When I was uh, 13, I um, was I had a scholarship to the school, and as being a scholar... You had to write a big essay. One, every year you had to write this one big essay about anything of your choice. And so I chose to write an essay on uh, 3,000 words, which is the longest essay at the time I'd ever written, on why do we love the smell of napalm in the morning? And it's an examination of why America was obsessed with the Vietnam War through film. Why are there so many films about the Vietnam War where there are very little films about the Korean War? And effectively what it is is that war movies allow us to both relive our mistakes and they allow us to... Um, learn new lessons all, all the time in you know 1997 after the Gulf War when in in you know you can post Iraq war films change war never changes but the movies which we make about them do because they reflect the wars of our time they reflect what we as a society need to question and what we want to know and the kind of this this awful kind of brutal reality of it and what really at its core the film puts out some people have suggested that it, it, it's, it kind of portrays the second world war as the good war it's the righteous war it's, it was deserving and yet I, I think you, these people have not watched the film it portrays war as a incredibly complicated things where people we 
narratively called the good guys murder people. They straight up murder prisoners. They break the Geneva Convention. They do awful, awful things. They play around with uh, dead soldiers, um, you know, Hitler youth knives. Uh, and, and they joke about it. And it is a dark movie. It is a movie which, which you know, in which goodness is not rewarded. No. And yet, thematically, it is. Because all of us living today in the Western world, in, uh, you know, the whole world, live in debt to the people who died in World War II. That's what this is about, right? Like, at its core, even beyond the question, what is it to die for one person, blah, blah, blah. They're not dying for one person. They're dying for people they never know. They are dying for the future. They are dying to fight back against Nazism, the, the, one of the most hateful ideologies to ever exist in humanity, right? Like, they fought for freedom, and it suggests that we all need to pose ourselves the question, what are we doing to live up to their sacrifice? What are we doing to have, you, you know, earned it? You know, if, if we are to live in a free society, are we are we trying to make it better uh, in whatever way? And I, for me, emotionally, that incredibly works. So I, I love this film. I think it's um, unrelenting. I, it's, you know, for a Spielberg film, a guy gets thrown with a lot of emotions. It, it, it's, it is both very emotional and also uh, incredibly harrowing as, as a, a testament to his filmmaking as a, as a, you know, first case of why he is uh, the greatest living director or probably the, one of the greatest directors of all time. He's the guy who's made uh, this film about the World War Two. He's made forty. Oh God, nineteen forty one. A flop about World War Two. <laughs> he's made uh, three uh, Indiana Jones movies, all about World War Two. He has made Emperor of the Sun about World War Two. He um, executive produced Band of Brothers. He makes executive produced The Pacific, also with Tom Hanks. It is, you know, it's incredible. I, I think it's an incredible film. I think it, I don't. I do not think it gives any easy answers. I think it just asks all of us, what are we doing to earn the sacrifice others gave for us? So I'll give it six. Um, actually, yeah, I've given six before. Christ oh, you go- we can't go into can't, sevens. Oh, Come on, this is this is this is the movie I give to I give to aliens. This this is the one. Spoiler. Well, well no. we're, we're not. Band. We're not at. I might change my opinion. We're not at. Sure. The Hanks Banquet first. There's an order to this thing, Alexander. I six, but if and I, I could know give you're it emotional. Seven, but don't. If I could give it a seven, I would. But the I mean, man is speaking. I can't, otherwise the system would be pointless, but I give it a six. <laughs> I mean, it's already pointless, Alexander. Twelve! I give it a twelve! Okay, noting down twelve on our spreadsheets. Six, right? Yes, yeah, cool. Um, uh, but there is an order to this, Alexander, and after we rate sure. the film, we rate Tom Hanks' performance out of five. And this is an interesting one, because I think he is good in this. But what I think is, and it's a thing I didn't really uh, touch on in my evaluation of the film, uh, but... What I think is, this film is particularly good is it, and a lot of war films don't do very well, is it is a very good ensemble piece. Yeah, it is. and every single bar, maybe two um, uh, yeah, members Paul of Paul kind of wasted. In Paul Giamatti's kind of wasted, um, but like every single person in his regiment, bar like one or two people, really get a fleshed out character, and, and you and get you a sense. Them, right? You we, know, them. we can describe them in a way which actually, for most films, we, we yeah, do, we, we, we abso- yeah, we absolutely cannot, um, and so. While Tom Hanks is good in this film, he is uh, arguably not really the star, and he does give a good performance, but something in me doesn't want to give this a five. I don't think this is his, you know, absolutely... If you were looking at purely performance, 
this is not his transformational work. This is not um, the best roles he plays. I think it's a very solid 4.5, and that's what I'm going to give it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do not. I think he is helped and therefore slightly overshadowed by the um, fantasticness of the film and the fantasticness of his co-stars. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give him 4.5. Uh, if only to elevate uh, other performances of his, which I think he does so well. Um, I very politely disagree with everything you just said. Cool. Um, I, I, a lot of his other roles, I... Um... Uh, I would like you to retract, uh, and in the interest of making this uh, a more entertaining podcast, I very impolitely disagree with everything I sure. say. Sure, uh, you're a fucking idiot, and uh, <laughs> hey, I'm going to take you outside and get shot, but we'll let you go. Um, look, I, 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 I have this thing... Um, which I really hate. We used to kind of do theatre together, and, and I would have this thing with actors. You hate that we used to do theatre no, 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 together. No, 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 no. But, sorry, comma, semicolon, whatever, to explain the story. Um, the thing I hate is uh, what I call actor voice. Some people, when they are acting, that just and I'm like, hey, just read this line. Will fundamentally give you a different uh, sound from their voice, at least in my ears, uh, to just their natural voice, and you can tell from the get go it's fake. And there's this thing in the background whenever I'm watching someone who's like, and again, it's a weird thing in my head, who's doing an actor voice, I'm just like, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake. And in some things, that's like part and parcel of the thing, right? Like Forrest Gump is like, he's playing a cartoon character in Forrest Gump to some extent. There's this new one story at this definitely. No, no, that's, that's Toy Story where he plays a cartoon uh, character. He plays, uh, I, 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 <laughs> hey, I, I, I think he plays more of a human Toy Story than I do in Forrest Gump. But, wow, are you... Al, are you saying that people with disabilities aren't human? No, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> it's a very character-short performance. Yes. Um, but because of a load of factors. Yes, I know yeah, what you're sure, saying. Sure. What I feel like is in this, it is the first time that I feel we get from Tom Hanks an incredibly uh, emotionally honest performance. Um, I think uh, Philadelphia is really good. I think even in then, it is somewhat a... Tran- it, it's a the kind of classic uh, Oscars thing where it's... Um, you know, someone transforms themselves. They lose a load of weight. They kind of they, they, they play a heavy role or whatever. Gary Oldman wins the freaking Oscar for uh, just putting on a fat suit, right? Like, um, and for me, that's not interesting acting. What is interesting acting is getting something which I feel is like, which I feel is inc- is honest. They do not have that actor voice. They are they're giving something something which connects as on a fundamental human being to me, and I I respond to that. And I think in this, he does that for the first time in his career in a way which I feel is honestly true. And it's, it's probably because he, you know, he, he, he was the best chosen actor of this generation, right? He's born in 1950, uh, 1940 something. You know, he's, he's, he's um, all of these people making this film, the, most of the, the older ones definitely. 1956. Sure, Spielberg's father even um, served over in, uh, I believe, Burma and a couple other theatres. Um, they they know these people. They, they, these are these are their elders, and but not in a sense of like to us where it is these kind of this detached thing. It is it is the the people who have created the world they now live in very immediately, and he gives, you know, what I feel like is a is a really true and really brilliant performance in which he breaks down as a human being until he is until all he is is may this be worth it. And he, he takes a question and he kind of runs with that question all the way through. Like, um, sometimes people get the piece of direction where it's kind of, you know, th- think about this question, right? You've got to, you know, or, or imagine you've got what's in your pocket or something like that as a way to alter the performance. And it's like all the way through this film, the, the question is, whatever it is, is, is you know, will you go, will you, what will you be like when you get home? And it never comes. And instead, 
we have this man who breaks down as his destiny is to die. And I, I think it's amazing. I think it's, it's like six again. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, six. Uh, I do not believe you have given a six for... Perf- oh, no, yes, you have. I think Philadelphia. For, no, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, he's great in that film. Which <laughs> but, I, but again, I feel that's quite an honest... I feel that's more honest than his character... There's more characters and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think he's just very incredibly good in that. I do not think it's his best performance, though. Thus far, or...? Oh, no, thus far I do. Overall, I do not. Okay. I have a film coming out in a long time, which I think is much better. Not much better, but I think he's, he's much better. In Interesting. Does he get nom- He does get nominated for Best Actor in this, but he doesn't win it. Yeah, um, he loses out to the guy from Life is Beautiful, Jamie, and let me tell you what, I, I actually enjoyed that movie when I watched it. I cried a lot. But do you want to see a straight-up comedy which ends in a... Well, let's say straight-up. Uh, dramedy which um, uh, involves uh, someone clowning around a concentration camp? Oh, man, that's, that's peak 90s. That is, <laughs> that is a very Italian movie in which a... Um, do you remember... Um, there was Guy Etz and Andrews who did a lot of com- community latte stuff. Basically him, <laughs> but if he was in the uh, concentration camp. Uh, it's, that, that is a reference for me though. and me alone. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so you gave him six. And then we've got the uh, Tom Hanks dick meter. I'll let you go first. Zero. Um, it, I, I, he's a good man. He is a, a, he's a teacher. He, uh, the character he's playing is a, uh, a good man put into hell. Um, and who responds accordingly. And therefore, I do not think he is a saint, nor do I think he is a sinner. I think he is a, a... He is us. And he reacts as, hopefully, we would. Um, he is a murderer, Alexander. I'm going to give him a five. Wait, 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 who is he murder? <laughs> he but I actually thought... I was thinking this... Who is he murder? Other than as a soldier? Yes, no, that's he... what I meant. <laughs> wow. He'd be coming out of the bold statement, all soldiers are murderers. Dear God. Um, no, I'm Please g- send your complaints to uh, Hank's Bank Pod. No, I'm going to give him like a two. Um, I think it's fair. For, because, yeah, so I, you, you were making a point with sure. your zero, but he still like very much uh, is around on like a couple war crimes um, and sure. shit. Um, so it's one and it comes and bites him in the ass. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, I think he's a two. Um, he's, he's, as you say, not a saint, uh, but I think he is a little bit of a sinner. Uh, do I think he went to heaven? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> Because I don't believe in heaven, Alexander. Got you. <laughs> Alex looking. Jamie's very, going very to hell. To me. I mean, yeah, that was already established, yeah, Alexander. I've used the word cuck way too many times to be allowed into heaven. There's going to be a specific place in the bad place for you just for the word cuck. Yeah, uh, it's called the cuck place, and I'll be enjoying myself there. Uh, and of course, is this going in your hanks bank, Alexander? Um, wouldn't the bad place for the cuck place just be you having sex with lots of people with your wife? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's going to my Hanks Bank. Yeah, of course um, it is. Of course, going in my Hanks Bank as well. Uh, yeah, this is a fucking phenomenal film. I, I um, mean this genuinely, and look, to the, to the you know, God, if you make it to the end of this, the, the 30 or so people, 40 or so people who will probably listen to this who get it to the end and you have not seen Saving Private Ryan, I, I, I genuinely, it's like five ninety nine and I choose to buy the thing. It's like three ninety nine to rent the thing. It's free if you're a pirate. Yes. If you're, out high, if you're in high seas and uh, get it in the double pack with, save, uh, with uh, Captain Phillips, it's free. Yes, um, or... Just shoot me an email. I've I've got it. <laughs> um, Jamie sat in the theatre with a camcorder. Nineteen ninety eight. Um, yeah, go go watch this. Yeah, I, absolutely. Pay money for this. I would say it's 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 a piece of art. In fact, um, to my own girlfriend uh, who I know has not watched this, and I told her to watch this, and I know will be listening to this. Watch this, you fucking dumb dumb. To Alyssa, uh, who will hear this uh, eight weeks later. 
who sat through the first uh, two hours of me reading the bu- this reading the book and then uh, has never therefore seen the last 40 minutes because we watched it after lunch. I watched that when I came back today. Uh, well, one, watch two, the last forty minutes. Yeah, go, go and, back and um, watch, watch the first yourself. two hours without reading. Yeah. Um, okay, the shining's great, but you don't need to read it while watching a horror. In general, <laughs> Alyssa, just stop reading. It's a, it's a little bit elitist of you, you know. Oh, you know. Oh, we get it. Like, you can read whatever. Oh. Uh, we, Wait a second. <laughs> your girlfriend has a book blog. <laughs> yes, she does. But uh, I've never seen her read. It's fine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> she, she's she a pretender. Be, she could be lying about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and with that, um, fucking follow us. <laughs> oh, God. It's been a long podcast. It's been a little long podcast. I'm falling apart. I'm very hungry. I'm going to go eat some War fried chicken after bad. this. War never changes. And neither does this podcast. It's always nonsensical. And you're always getting this far and still thinking... Was it all worth it? Much like this film. So, you can follow us at uh, Hank's Fang This film was at- worth it. Oh, right. <laughs> no, sorry. That, I got that now. No, yeah. <laughs> the message was- of the film, you fuck, not was watching the film worth it, you goddamn idiot. We gotta get out of here. Al's brain is oh, leaking out of his damn. ear. This is like uh, our ser- <laughs> most serious. No, Philadelphia is probably our most serious. This is close. This is pretty close. There are jokes serious. in this than the war in Philadelphia. Maybe I should just play the Does Tom Hanks fucking this thing song again. Play it uh, again, uh, Sam. Play it again, Sam. No. No, you can follow us at Hank Spang Pod and at Jamie B. Locks and at Al underscore C's underscore stuff. Uh, tweeted us. We had a few friends' thoughts this week. Of course, when we say friends' thoughts, we actually mean first thoughts. Uh, it's our favourite part of the show every week. Uh, so please do um, send us in. Next week, we're talking about You've Got Mail. Um, it is one of Alyssa's favourite films. Uh, famously, Alyssa's asked if she can actually just be a guest on the show next week. For the whole, for yeah. the whole time? Yeah. Maybe um, I don't know if I can deal with that shame. Uh, I I I dealt with Alyssa at the end of Sleepless in Seattle oh, last man. time for four minutes, and it was the most judgment I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. I still think my ratings for that are actively actively under I've, under duress. I've uh, definitely started. You got mail. It is potentially Alyssa's favorite movie ever, and I've definitely started it a couple of times and never <laughs> gone more than that. So uh, well, see, it makes find, find us next week. Um, to see whether Al has to break up with his girlfriend because he doesn't like her favourite film um, and whether I have to break up with my girlfriend because I said she can't read <laughs> um, I'm sure you can read oh surely um, send us in some friends thoughts uh, and of course Al do your thing you always do uh, right you idiots okay people died for us in World War 2 make their sacrifice worth Jesus it Christ. and spread freedom that's right I'm co-opting their suffering to tell you to steal your friends phones and like America landed in France and occupied it to free the Nazis that didn't occupy it unoccupied it I want you to unoccupy their download space of any other podcast and just download all like 30 something podcasts of this now that's right download all of them space wise that's going to fill up their entire phone and you know what the freedom will taste even better I want you to do that and I want it to be good I honestly I'm gone I'm yeah gone. no I don't did you just black out for 10 seconds uh, so from me Jamie and my co-host Al that's one more ep in the bank nothing this week Ryan! <laughs> Save me. Hands back.